Welcome to the Millionaire Maker Show, a podcast helping online coaches monetize their life's work and scale their businesses to create more time, more money, more freedom, and more impact. Now, with over 20 years of business building, coaching, and consulting experience, here's your host, author, speaker, and creator of the Millionaire Maker Coaching Funnel, Lindsay Anderson. Welcome to the Millionaire Maker Podcast, where we unlock the secrets to building a successful online coaching business. I'm your host, Lindsay Anderson, and today we have a special episode tailored specifically for coaches like you who are ready to take their business to new heights. Now, before we hop into that interview, I want to remind you to head over to themillionairemakershow.com slash insiders. If you head over there and get signed up, you will receive early access to each new episode, exclusive bonus content, and resources designed to help you implement the strategies we discuss in the show. Not to mention, the first 100 people to sign up will receive a very special surprise. So run, don't walk. I'll see you over at themillionairemakershow.com slash insiders. So let me tell you a little bit about the episode we have coming up today. I had the privilege of speaking with a client of mine, Miss Karen Carr. Now, Karen Carr found my book called The Click Technique out on Amazon seven or eight years ago. She reached out to me because she was wondering how to take all of the strategies that she was seeing out there in the marketplace and having limited success because she was trying all different kinds of strategies, reached out to me for guidance on how to scale her business. Now. Karen Carr is an accomplished entrepreneur who has harnessed the power of YouTube and teaches other realtors how to do the exact same. Karen's journey from real estate agent to YouTube sensation is truly inspiring, and she's here to share her valuable insights and strategies with us here on the podcast. In this episode, you'll discover how to optimize your YouTube presence to position yourself as an expert in your coaching niche. But wait a second here. Karen and I cover a ton in this episode. Karen also shares with me her secrets to overcoming her scarcity mindset and building a team that will allow you to actually step into your role as CEO. And this is vitally important. If you don't see yourself as a CEO, others will not see that in you either. So if you're up for this powerful interview and you're ready to be inspired at at to what heights you can really take your coaching business and what the possibilities are for you and how Karen carved out her very own niche right here, helping realtors grow their YouTube channels and reach the right prospects, sit back and relax and get ready to learn from one of the brightest minds in the industry as we embark on this transformative conversation with my client, Miss Karen Carr. I cannot wait to introduce you to my next guest, a client 
and an amazing powerhouse of a woman, Miss Karen Carr. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the Millionaire Maker podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me, Lindsay. I'm very excited about it. Yes. So let's set the scene, Karen. What do you do? I help entrepreneurs make money by using YouTube as the core strategy for promoting their businesses. Okay. How do you make money? How do you teach that? I started in real estate. So it's a crazy roundabout way that I got here, but I was a real estate agent. I had recently moved. I started a YouTube channel thinking it would be a way for me to get my name out there and to just let people know that I was here. I'd been very successful where I used to live, but now I lived all the way across the country and no one had ever heard of me before. And it started to work. So I started getting clients. Within six months, I was getting almost all of my business from YouTube. Within a year, I was turning business away because I was so busy, I couldn't do it all myself and I had to form a team and hire people. Then I started getting calls from real estate agents going, yo, what's this deal with YouTube? I've been watching you, is this working? And I would say, oh my gosh, it's working like crazy. Yes, it totally is. And I would spend so much time on the phone with these people trying to convince them. And they were asking me to teach them, but I couldn't do one-on-one clients because I just didn't have the bandwidth to be able to do it. So I created a group coaching program simply so that they would stop calling me, quite honestly. It was like, I was getting so many phone calls from people saying, teach me what to do. I said, I just created this course, go buy it and watch it and you'll learn everything that I know. And it was very inexpensive. And you remember how much I charged back then because you yelled at me a lot about raising my prices. And I was so, I started at 297. The week that I launched it, it was 50% off. So the founding members got it for $149. And I think I had 40 people enroll that first two week period. And then I went to the full price, which was 297. And when I first met you, you were like, girl, that is way too little. But I still had this whole like, I'm afraid people won't buy it. It'll be too expensive. All of the mental drama. So I did that for many years and I gradually increased the price of the course over time. And now at this point, we've had over 3000 people, I think, go through the program. It's currently priced at $2,200. People take the program and if they actually implement what I teach them, They have amazing results and I just love, love, love it. I have one question for you on YouTube. So we've all had our problems with Facebook and I know you have too, Karen. We won't bring a lot of those up on this podcast. But my question is, are you finding that you have the same community building situation over on YouTube as you would on like a standard social media platform like Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram? I find that there are three different types of content you can put onto YouTube that will have different strategies. So I can make videos where they're kind of educational, how to, I'm trying to get that video in front of as many people as possible. I can make videos that are specifically for my community. So I'm kind of assuming they already know who I am. And then we're having like, you know, a group chat. And then they're the ones that are flat out sales messages. So I, I think that the best tactic is to do all three. Do okay, all on the same channel. On the same channel. So sometimes I'll make a video where I am clearly trying to get more brand new eyeballs on that YouTube channel. They've never heard of me before. They don't know who I am. They've done a search. My video shows up in the search results. Hopefully they click on it. And then if they watch it and they like the content, they like my personality, maybe they'll hit the subscribe button. 
And then after I make a few of those, now I might make one that's specifically for my community. And if you know anything about that book, Primal Branding, I love it because they talk about having like secret words that only people in the community would know and having like little branding elements that are like everybody who's part of the community feels like they're in on the secret and they get it, but the new people don't. And then you've got the ones that are like, buy my product, come to my website and download something for free. I usually don't ever say just, hey, buy my stuff, but I usually drive them to a landing page to opt in to get a lead magnet or join a free challenge that I'm doing, join a free workshop, um, come to this webinar that I'm giving. Like I try to get them to opt into something that's a pretty soft sell first before I go for the jugular and say, buy my program. How often do you recommend posting on YouTube to actually like make some magic happen, Karen? Tell I me. really think once a week is still the gold. That's it's not that much. You can do less. Like there are YouTubers who post one video a week or sorry, a month. But that one video is like a Hollywood award winning production. That's not my my desire. It's not my skill set. I, I don't say I'm not a full time YouTuber. This is what I'm doing as a business asset to bring more people to my services. I don't need the video to be a Hollywood award winning production. So I do once a week. You can do more frequently than that if you can. But what I've seen over and over again from the people in my community is that they start like gangbusters and then they promptly fall off the wagon. It's just like everybody wants to lose weight. Right. It's the beginning of January, our new, lose, our new Year's resolution. Let's lose weight. We all go to the gym for three weeks and by February, there's nobody there anymore. So rather than do that and basically set yourself up for failure, I decided from the very beginning, I'm just going to do one a week. A big piece of advice that I give people is you have to figure out this marketing thing for yourself first, the content to see what your audience likes, to see what works before you can hand that off to any VA or any team. Would you concur with that or what's your take on that statement? Yeah, I agree. You have to know exactly who you are trying to target with this channel and then make content that is speaking directly to that person. So when I created my, it used to be called YouTube for Agents. It's been rebranded. It's called Video Boss Agent. When I created this program, I knew exactly who I was targeting. I was targeting the established real estate agent who's been doing this for at least five or 10 years. They are good at what they do, but they are realizing that they need to start doing more video and they're probably afraid to do it because we're all afraid that we're going to be judged and none of us are spring chickens anymore and we've got gray hair and wrinkles and we gain 20 pounds and all of the things and people are like I don't want to do video because I don't I don't want people to troll me in the comments and say mean things but they know that video is the way of the future and they really have to do it or in the real estate community they're going to go extinct and I like I knew exactly who my ideal person was for this program. So when I make videos for that channel, I am specifically talking to that person. And as a result, that is the vast majority of people that are in that program. Yes, there are some newly licensed young people. And yes, there are some people who are way older than that. But like the vast majority of people fit that profile because when they watch the videos, they think, oh, my gosh, you're talking directly to me. You're saying what is in my head. So as long as you know all of that from the very beginning, if you want to hire an editor or you want to outsource the thumbnail creation, that's cool. But you can't really say, I'm going to start this whole channel and I just want someone else to do everything for me. 
like you have to figure that stuff out first before you can start delegating a lot. Okay, let's get back to you. You're a realtor and now you're an amazing online business owner. What does life look like now? No, oh, man, it's amazing. For the longest time, I wanted to do everything myself. I was afraid to hire anybody. I was afraid that all of the success I was having was a fluke and it was going to go away. And that if I committed to hiring anybody, suddenly I wouldn't be able to pay them. And all of this scarcity mindset and being afraid, being afraid to really do anything. I remember when I first started running Facebook ads to promote my program, I think I was spending like $5 a day. And then eventually I went up to $20 a day and that scared the crap out of me. And then I, the last launch I did, we were spent like $50,000 on ads. So where I started was just this whole scarcity mindset. And that really kept me small for a very long time. And finally, I sucked it up and I hired a virtual assistant in the Philippines who is still with me to this day. So she's been with me for about five years now. And it really took her saying, listen, I love you. But every time you go in and build a landing page, you break 10 other things. Will you please just get out? Let me do my job. Delegate oh. to me and stop. Like, just back off. <laughs> Let me wow. do the job that you hired me to do. And it was really freeing. It was to say, okay, this is your project. I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm going to let you do it. And then it worked. And then be like, oh my gosh, what else could I give her? She could manage my CRM. Oh my gosh, it worked. What else could I give her? And then it was to the point where, okay, I'm going to overwork this poor woman. So you have to hire another person and then another person. And so we've built out this team now where it's just amazing. And I feel like I'm really learning how to be the CEO of this business for the first time because I was a solopreneur for so long. And now I'm learning like, I have to have staff meetings and I had to form a corporation and I have to have weekly meetings where we give people assignments and we hold them accountable and I have to manage people and I have to hire people and fire people. And oh my, the drama of having to let somebody go. I didn't want to because I didn't want them to be mad at me and I didn't want that to hurt their feelings. And I'm really having to become a whole new grown-up version of myself because the business grew so fast, so easily. It was almost like I, as a person, have to like try to catch up now to how fast the business grew. But I'm getting there and it is pretty awesome and it's very exciting. If you could just like tip that one domino, which you mentioned you did, do you have a piece of advice for people who are stuck there? Yeah, I wish I would have started so much earlier. So as soon as you can even fathom hiring someone to help you, even if it's just a virtual assistant for five hours a week, surely yeah. you can come up with whatever they're 50 bucks, whatever they're going to charge you per hour. But like you can get a VA for $10 an hour. So let's say it was $50 a week. Surely you can find $50 a week for something that is going to dramatically help your business. Because I always talk about video editing. So I'm like the YouTube queen. Is that how much did you make last year? So let's say that you made $100,000 last year and we figure out your hourly rate is like 50 bucks an hour. Would you pay a virtual assistant $50 an hour to edit this video? Probably not. But if you do it yourself, that's what you're doing. You're paying yourself $50 an hour to edit this video. I can find someone to do it for $10 an hour and then get all that time back 
And now I can use that in a much more strategic way to do things that will grow the business, that will bring in more money for the business. So I'm always trying to coach myself on this, that whenever I get that, oh, I'm afraid to hire somebody. I don't want to pay them that much, that scarcity mindset. If I hire an executive assistant for $40,000 a year, is she going to help me make $40,000 a year? Yeah, absolutely. She better. She's going to save me so much time that I will make that probably two or three times over. So now I was able to pay her and it essentially was free, right? And then all of the additional revenue that comes in is gravy. So I always try to look at if I hire somebody, will they make me at least two or three X what I am paying them? And if the answer is yes, then just stop thinking about it and do it. And you wish you would have got started earlier. Yeah. Okay. You said a couple of things that I want to follow back on, which is you said this. You said I was a cheap skate for not spending money on ads. I believe that is a direct Karen Carr quote. Okay. What's your take on that? The short story is that I got deleted off of Facebook so I can no longer run ads on Facebook and Instagram. But prior to that moment, I think my biggest ad spend was about $60,000. My last launch, we only advertised on YouTube. So it was a new strategy, but I actually was really happy with it because it feels like I'm advertising a program using YouTube. I should be advertising it on YouTube. And the ad spend was much less, but it was because we were figuring it out. And when I say less, it was still like twenty or $30,000. It sounds like a lot of money, but I'm a really huge believer in knowing your numbers. So if I spend $10 and I make 100 then I know that if I spend a thousand, I will make this much. I don't do math in my head. So that if I spend $20,000, I should make this much. So if you know your numbers and you know what your cost per lead is and you know what your earnings per lead is and you know all of these things, then even though it's really scary to just say, okay, I'm going to spend that much money on ads, I know what that ad spend should bring me in the end. And Every time I increase my ad spend, we also increase the launch numbers exponentially. So it works. It just it took a little while for me to be brave enough to spend that much money. We have to say this, Karen. Okay. Nobody knows why Karen got kicked off of Facebook. Okay. She doesn't no like idea. she wasn't it's like she didn't break some rule or something. I have no idea. That's the risk, right? That's yeah. the risk of really being heavily reliant on all these social media platforms. So what do you say to that? So that's why I love you. That's why I love YouTube because YouTube can absolutely censor just like everybody else. But when you are making YouTube videos, you can leave links to any of your landing pages. You can say subscribe to my newsletter. You can say opt in to get this free thing. So I am always trying to drive them off of the platform to get them into my database. So I've got a CRM with about 28,000 people in it. And if YouTube were to delete me, please, God, don't let that happen. But if that were to happen, I can contact them because I have their email addresses. I have their phone numbers. But when I lost my Facebook group that had 25,000 people in it, I was hosed because I had no way to tell them that I was no longer on the platform. Had they not been in my database, thank goodness they were, I was able to say, hey, guess what? This is what happened. So you're in my Facebook group, but I'm not. And I can't get in and I can't 
access my business pages. I can't do anything. Like my personal profile is gone. The page where you go to log in is just no longer there for me. If I had not had a way to contact those people, that would have been really tragic. So I see so many people that say, I post three times a day on Instagram. I do stories. I do reels. I do posts. I do this, that, and the other thing. And they're never trying to get those people off the platform into their database. And that is a huge mistake because if Instagram were to go away, what would you do? Like you would lose all of, you have no audience if you don't have a way to outbound contact them. Like you've got to get them off of the platform and into a database that you yourself control. The other thing is those social media platforms don't care about you. Oh no. Karen was spending, we run Karen's ads and she was spending a fair amount on Facebook and they were like, yeah, too bad. Sorry, you're spending like 10K a day. Bye. Yeah. They did not care. not care. You have to own your own stuff. Yeah. I was saying, like, what did I do? Because when I went to log in that first day, it said, we need you to upload a copy of your driver's license so we can verify who you are. And I was like, oh, my goodness, have I been hacked? And then the next message said, we have received your dispute. We will review it. And if you did not do anything wrong, we'll let you back in. I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't file a dispute. I still to this day have absolutely no idea what happened. But more scary than that was there was nobody to call. Like they do not have customer service by phone. Every single email address that I tried, it bounced. I had no way to contact anybody. When I called Facebook, you get an automated message that says log in and start a chat. I can't log in, so I can't start a chat. Like they did not care that I had this huge audience, that I had a huge following, that I had groups with thousands and thousands of people, or that I was paying them a heck of a lot of money to use their advertising platform. They did not care. Do not care. No. So big takeaway, build your email list. Yes. yes. Even in 2023. A hundred percent. You own your, the, your audience. That's your owning of your audience. Yep. And your email list can be a great source of revenue for you. I know people think that email is dead, but listen, if they not are on this show, they better not, not. on this show. If they are <laughs> in, it was because you had something that they wanted. And if you're emailing them with good information, you're not just trying to sell to them every single time you press the send button, then they like you. And I will send emails to the people in my database and usually ask for a response. And my customer service team is like, oh my gosh, like we got 75 responses yesterday. We're overwhelmed. So I know that they're opening it and they're reading it because we can see our analytics and we know how well it's going. So over the last week of December, I said, let's run a flash sale. Let's just try to do like our last hurrah of 2022 and see how many sales we can make. And all, I didn't run any ads. All I did was email my list and it said, hey, if you enroll, by midnight on New Year's Eve, I've got this extra thing for you. It's normally a $200 value. You're going to get it for free when you enroll in the program. And we made $30,000 just by emailing our list with $0 in ad spend. So when you've got that emailer list and they like you and they are receiving your emails and they're opening your emails because what you're sending them is good content, it is a gold mine and it does not require any money. Okay. So Your YouTube for Agents course is only video. It doesn't require any of your time. Is that correct? Not quite. So it was originally a digital course. And then people had lots of questions and they wanted more one-on-one interaction with me. So it is a digital course that they can watch 
24-7 at any time. But then we also do live calls a couple times a month. So I did one yesterday, which is like a live Ask Me Anything. We just answer as many questions as we can in the hour. And then I'll do another one later where it is more like mindset coaching for the people that are like, ah, I can't get out of my own way. I want to make a video. I just haven't been able to do it yet. We try to get to the root of what is the issue? What is stopping you? And how can I help you? How can I support you so that you can get better? And then we have this private community. We had to relocate it from Facebook to a new platform that is not on social media, but they can ask questions. They can say, here's my thumbnail. Would you give me feedback? And it's not just me and my team in there, but it's all of the other students as well. So it's a really nice interactive community where we're trying to help each other and give each other feedback and help everyone be better. But yeah, it really, it requires, I don't know, five hours a month of my time to service that community. It's really not all that much time anymore. So you sell that on Evergreen with YouTube ads, meaning people are joining all the time, but then you also launch, do a big launch like two or three times a year for, yeah. the, for that course. And that's like your foundational revenue. Is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, and I know then, a lot of people do not like the live launch model, but I love it. I love really the live launch model. Yeah, I do too. So many people are like, I never want to do it again. I just want to put the whole thing on Evergreen and be done with it. But I really like it. I get so energized seeing like, that's 700 people on a live stream with you and they're talking in the chat and you're going back and forth. And I'm just on a high when that live stream ends and I'm like buzzing with energy for the next three hours. I love it. Is it a lot of work? Yes. Does it take a lot of energy to go live every day for five days? Yes. That's why we only do it I'm twice a year. Doing it that way. <laughs> That's why we do it twice a year. It's not like I'm doing it once a week. It's great. I love it. Okay, so that's your foundation. Do you do private clients? Do you get paid for speaking? What else are you doing? Inspire us on what our coaching wow. businesses can be. Yeah. I never started with private clients. I added it during COVID because it was, again, it was a scarcity mindset on my part. I was afraid, oh gosh, it's April, 2020. My business is gonna tank. I will never sell another thing. I'll never make another dollar. I'll start offering like one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I have more revenue coming in. And after I did that for a few months, I realized, A, you absolutely cannot scale that business model. And B, I was spending so much time answering really elementary questions that it was not fulfilling to me. It was like, how do I start my YouTube channel? How do I change the name of my channel? It was like YouTube 101, which was fun for a month. And then after that, it was like, no, I want to be talking about the strategy and like much higher level stuff. They're very basics. So I cut that back out. I don't do any private coaching. We do the group coaching because that's how I can scale it because I don't want to work eight hours a day anymore. Like I'm in my 50s now. I'm over it. I work from 8.30 to 3.30 and that's it. I work 35 hours a week if I don't take a lunch break. If I take a lunch break, it's usually more like 30 hours a week. And that's how I want it because I still have children living at home and I still wanna be able to travel and do things and I just don't wanna work myself into an early grave. So only group coaching at this point. I do get paid to speak, it's very exciting. I'm the, like, an authority in the real estate industry when it comes to YouTube. I just spoke at the National Association of Realtors Conference in November. Yeah. I've spoken at the Florida Association, the North Carolina Association. I've spoken at like Keller Williams and REMAX conventions, like all these big name brokerages. 
I've spoken at a lot of little tiny brokerages. I've been on podcasts. I've been on live streams. Like I get to get in front of my ideal client and talk about the strategy and they love it because I'm not selling. I'm just teaching them. I'm just sharing with them. Like this is everything that I did that has worked so well for me. I, you should do it too. Trust me, it's going to be awesome. I wrote a book. The book is an Amazon bestseller. It's sold, gosh, I think 17,000 copies at this point. NAR sells it on their website. And so if I say, wow, I know it's really great. It's so great. I never, it, it far surpassed any little tiny expectations I've ever would have had. But then people get the $99 Kindle book, right? And they read it and then they join my free group and then they come to my free challenge and then they eventually buy my program. So by the time they buy, they, I've been nurturing them for a very long time and they definitely feel like they know me and they feel like I've given them so much information for free. How much more would they learn if they actually joined the paid program? And so, yeah, I'm, it's, I was counting up like all of my passive income streams these days just because I was curious. So I've got the royalties from the book sales. I have affiliate sales. So if I say, hey, you should buy TubeBuddy, I have an affiliate link. Here it is. I have, I haven't done any brand deals and like paid sponsorships yet, but that's next on my horizon. I get paid to speak. I make ad revenue from my YouTube channel. So once you have a thousand subscribers on YouTube and you are in the YouTube partner program, Every time an ad runs on your video and somebody watches it, you get paid a small percentage of that. So I get ad revenue from that. I started buying investment properties. So we bought a couple of fixer uppers. We fixed them all up. We put tenants in there. And now we make far more money in rent than the mortgage payment is. So that difference is called cash flow and it cash flows every single month. So I have somebody living in this property for 12 months at a time and I don't do anything except just collect the rent. So that's pretty awesome. And then there are all the different programs that I have for sale on my website and occasionally do collaborations with other people. It's really fun. Now, you said you work 35 hours a week. You got five hours a month on group coaching. You said five hours a week making content. In general, are you just loving those 35 hours? What you're showing up to do or how do you feel about your days? I just hired an executive assistant because the bane of my existence, the albatross around my neck is answering email. Good Lord, I hate it so much. And I get so much email and I have four different email addresses. So I go to my inbox and there's 75 unread messages and the vast majority of it is spam, but you still have to go through it in order to get to the good stuff. And that part I did not like. I do not like doing all of that like drudgery admin stuff. So I just hired somebody who started January 1st and I am training her right now. She is going to take over all of my calendaring and all of my email so that she'll just at the end of the day say, there's three messages I need you to tell me how to respond to, or you need to respond to these yourself, but she'll take care of everything else. When people say, hey, will you come speak at my event? She is the one that's awesome. What is your budget? And when they say, oh, we don't have a budget for speakers. She says, oh, I'm so sorry. We're not doing free event speaking anymore. If anything changes, you let us know. Because I was getting tons and tons of requests for people to have me either come in person or do it over Zoom and teach a class for an hour. And they'd have seven people show up to this class. So it was just not a good use of my time. And it was not turning into into clients for me, paid coaching students. 
So I had to say, nope, this is how much I charge for a speaking engagement now. If you have a budget, awesome, let's talk. I would love to do it for you. But if you don't have a budget, do you want to find sponsors for it? And if you don't, then okay, maybe next year you can come back and tell me if you have a budget. <laughs> yeah. So nice to have a gatekeeper who can do all that stuff for me so that I can sit. I'm writing my second book right now. And so awesome. on, my, like on my calendar, I have two hours a day time blocked. I wrote the whole thing. I gave it to the editor. The editor sent it back to me with a big red pen marking up the whole thing of, in this section, it needs to be twice as long. Tell more stories. Go into more detail about this. You're telling the story about how it was a total success. Now tell me a story about where you crashed and burned. And two hours a day, I just sit down and I write. I work on the book and I try to do everything that the editor is asking me to do. I will record videos. I'm doing a lot of content creation. That stuff I love because I am a right-brained creative type person. That admin stuff is just painstakingly slow for me. And it's not a good use of my time. I'm the CEO of the company. I should not be answering email. So it's been really challenging for me to learn that I should outsource the things that are not in my wheelhouse, that it's just not a good use of my time to do. But then once I do and it starts to work, it's just like that, wow, I should have had a V8 moment of like, why did I not do this so much earlier? Guys, Karen has a pretty clear message. Like, take the leap, trust yourself, trust your skill set, and do the scary thing so you can get to the next level. I'm so glad you said that because the working title of this book is called Do It Scared. Okay, well, there you go. That was yeah. a great set. You're never going to not be scared. You're not going to wake up one morning and it's going to, oh, yeah, I feel like hiring a VA, right? Yeah. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Okay. But it's so great to just take the leap, do it. And then if you commit to it, like I am going to make this partnership a success. So if I'm hiring her for five hours a week, I'm going to give her stuff to do. So she's not just sitting around twiddling her thumbs. And then you're like, I'm just wasting all this money. Yeah, because you didn't give her anything to do. Whose fault is that? It's not her fault. It's your fault. And it's been a tough lesson to learn. But the more I am like embracing this, I've had to like look uh, change my whole self-image, right? My self-image for such a long time was I am a real estate agent. And now my self-image is I am a coach. I am the CEO of a million dollar company. Like I need to stop doing these $10 an hour tasks. Before I get to our last question, just tell us, just let's put a period at the end of the sentence and tell us the name of your book one more time just so everyone understands. It's not out yet, but it's going to be called Do It Scared, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Doing Things That Scare the Crap Out of You or something like that. That's going to be probably the subtitle. The other book that I have currently on Amazon is called YouTube for Real Estate Agents. Okay, Karen, do you mind sharing you watching The Secret and what happened there? Do you mind sharing that story? Oh, yeah. So I watched The Secret, gosh, I think it was 2006. And I was brand new in real estate. I had just gotten licensed the year before, and I'd only sold a couple of houses. And my manager said, hey, everybody, you guys should watch The Secret. And I was like, this is so lame. Are you kidding me? I'm just going to sit around and think about all the money I'm going to make, and it's just going to work. But I wanted to humor him because he was my boss, so I watched it. And at the end, I thought, what have I got to lose? I've literally made $10,000 in the last year. What could it possibly hurt? So it's so funny that we're on video because I still have it right here. I took this dollar bill. I took a black Sharpie and I wrote $200,000 in the four corners and I stuck it to my bathroom mirror. 
So every morning when I was getting dressed, I would see this bill. And every night when I was getting ready to go to bed, I would see this thing and I would just visualize myself having $200,000. I'll try to make this as brief as I can. So that was when the market completely crashed. We had a big recession. I suddenly had this idea in the shower one morning, like, you should start listing bank foreclosed properties because if the bank forecloses on the house, now they own it. They're going to turn around and sell it. They're going to use a real estate agent in town to sell it. So in 2006, I think I had sold like two houses or whatever it was. So then I started getting these REO listings in 2007. By 2008, I sold 75 houses. I made about $300,000, slightly under 300. So I didn't make 200. I made slightly under 300. So I was like, that surely that was a fluke, right? So I did it again the next year. I did it again the next year. And then in 2021, I wrote a million dollars in the four corners of this little dollar bill. And guess how much money I made in 2021? I made like $1.1 million in annual revenue. So people can say that it's stupid and woo-woo and crazy and magic and out there all they want. All I can tell you is that it 100% works if you believe it's going to work. And I believe it's going to work. And so like I have really big goals and it's just amazing that when you set these giant goals and then you achieve them, you blow your own dang mind. And it happens year after year. When I had my first $50,000 launch, when I had my first $100,000 launch, when I had my first $300,000 launch, when I had these crazy annual sales goals, like I just really believe on personal development, setting these big goals becoming the person you need to be who can achieve those goals. Like the way that you're acting, if you have a $30,000 business and you're afraid to hire somebody, you're never going to make a million dollars because you're not being the CEO of a million dollar company when you're afraid to hire somebody and you won't spend more than $10 a day on ads. And I had to become this new version of myself in order to hit that goal. But you do. It's like you, you start learning that you can do hard things. You can take risks. If you fail, it doesn't mean that you are a failure. It just means you tried something and it didn't work. So now you're going to try something else. You'll fall down and pick yourself up 150 times. And as long as you don't give up, you're going to eventually succeed. And I've just learned that ever since that first secret movie, it's like mindset is so underrated. I feel like 90% of what I actually do in my business is less than the 10% I spend on mindset. Mindset is everything. I should have said that backwards. Mindset is 90% and 10% of what you actually do in the business. And is that when you speak of, I have to embrace this new identity as a CEO, I have found when I embrace that, it super charges my results. Oh. I adopt that and believe that about myself first, then the reality will change accordingly. Agreed, because you really see in the world what it's just a mirror, right? What in the yes. world is reflecting back to you who you are. So if you're playing small and you're afraid to hire anybody and you don't want to spend money on ads and you don't want to make videos because you don't want to be seen because then you'll be criticized and people could say mean things in the comments then you're not ever going to have those results that you want because every, everything that you're doing that's keeping you so playing small is just going to be reflected back to you in the results that you get. But when you start, like, I am a CEO and I, like right now what I'm telling myself, like I journal every day and I say, I am making $5 million a year. That is like ridiculous to me and it's not happening yet. 
But the more I journal about that and the more I believe it. So I'm like, I make $5 million a year. And one day I'm going to say that and 100% believe it. And my brain's not going to be like, oh, are you kidding? You're so full of it. Are you, Seriously, no. Like eventually I'm going to believe it. That's going to be my subconscious thought. And it's going to happen because that's just how this works. Karen, it has been a true pleasure stealing some of your time today. Thank you so much. I'm going to turn the time over to you. Do you have any parting words? And please tell us how to find you. Oh, okay. Awesome. My website is karencar.com. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash karencar. Feel free to go. Any of these videos that I make, I'm talking about how you can use video to have people find you. And you don't have to spend money on ads if you don't want to. Organic works great. It's a longer strategy. It takes longer. But the quality of leads that I get from my organic strategy, they're actually far superior than the people that usually pay for it. It's like they were out there looking for it. They watched you. By the time they opt in, like they're in. They like you. They want to do business with you. It's a great strategy. So feel free to watch all of those videos. I blog on my website. I write lots of articles and things like that. And hopefully you guys will check out my book once it's released. I don't know when it'll be exactly, probably a couple more months, but eventually it will be out into the world. And if you've ever wanted to do big things and you've been scared, then go get a copy of Do It Scared. And hopefully I'll convince you that it's okay. You can be scared and you can still do it anyway. Thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It was great to see you again. So that wraps up another power-packed episode of the Millionaire Maker podcast. I hope that you found Karen and I's conversation eye-opening and inspiring. Every time I talk to Karen, I leave so inspired about the possibilities there are in the online coaching industry. Just as a reminder, Karen and I covered some very important principles when it comes to growing your coaching business with ease. You want to leverage technology, embrace that CEO mindset, and master the art of attracting high-paying clients. Now, before I let you go, don't forget to subscribe to the Millionaire Maker podcast to access more game-changing episodes like this one. In fact. If you're finding value in the Millionaire Maker Show, please take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps us to reach more coaches like you and keeps us on our toes to deliver the very best transformative, strategic, action-oriented content right here on the Millionaire Maker Show. Thank you for joining us today. Keep pushing the boundaries of your coaching business, embrace innovation, and take courageous action. Remember, the world needs your unique expertise. And with the right strategies, you can make a profound impact while creating the wealth and lifestyle that you deserve. Thank you for listening to The Millionaire Maker Show with master business coach and creator of The Millionaire Maker Coaching Funnel, Lindsay Anderson. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Until next time.